Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the 20 Years of See-Through 27 podcast. A podcast that's certainly not afraid to delve deep into the ramblings of six deluded and failed musicians. And of course, the friends that helped them get there. As always, I'm your host, Richard Trigg. And in today's episode, I'm chatting with someone who's so highly revered amongst our band, we've genuinely spoken about whether we should bow when they enter the room. That's right. Today's guest is Sir Should Be Sir, Ben Rouse from Dacrophilia. We chat about the history of his band, the local scene, and why he's so important to us. And we of course chat about the See Through Comeback show on the 17th of December that we've dragged them out of retirement to come and play with us. Tickets are for sale now from seethrough27.com. It's a great chat and Ben's super ace. So please enjoy Sir Ben Rouse on the 20 years of See Through 27 podcast. It's Sir Ben Rouse, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think we've done a podcast yet where you've not been mentioned or referenced, and <laughs> everyone I've spoken to since starting the podcast has said, you've got to get Ben on, the band of like, when are you doing Ben? Um, so here we are. How are you? How has the last 18 months been from a creative point of view for you, and also on a personal level um, I suppose like since lockdown and yeah. all that jazz um, yeah kind of itching to get back on it really there's, yeah. there's not really been that much going on so uh, have you been able to be creative and do anything in that time not very much to be honest <laughs> no um, yeah. obviously you can't really rehearse with yeah. people and all that kind of stuff yeah um, so yeah I've not really done very much at all have, have you found musically. it yeah have you found it hard it's been okay but um yeah kind of given the uh you know the this this gig coming up um as soon as you mentioned uh, a possibility of something happening that's yeah. uh, definitely sort of stirred something and uh yeah i'm looking forward to getting back on it but yeah they're like the last yeah sort of year and a half or whatever it's not not been very much musically no it's been uh, just sort of laying low and bunkering down really. yeah it's been bizarre i normally go to a lot of uh, gigs and uh yeah kind of uh, see a few people here and there so uh i think yeah. some people have either gone one way or the other haven't they they've mm. kind of kind of gone really creative and sort of shut themselves away and because they've had that extra time to really immerse themselves in 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 an art or or just being creative and, and some people have struggled with having that time they haven't felt because it's been out of the ordinary I suppose um, but either way I mean I guess we're kind of lucky where we live that we're kind of on the seaside and we're out in the country rather than me cooped away like some people we know that'd be dreadful living yeah. in, in a city or whatever yeah but, um, um, yeah around here it's very peaceful you can go out for walks and uh, yeah yeah get fresh air in it uh, I mean like, I spoke to yeah, Henry nice. um, during the first lockdown our, our good friend Henry and he was cooped up in a uh, London flat, no garden, um, wasn't allowed out. He said that he could see the park or the park opposite was all taped off. Um, and I was chatting to him. I had my AirPods in and I was mowing the lawn just where we are now. It was like any other normal day in the world. Mm. Um, 
and it really was an eye opener to me like how lucky we are to live around here and at the same time you know how how it's affected different people it's it's, it's surreal isn't it because uh, it's, it's like that bill hicks uh, thing what he says you know sort of you know all the news yeah. of death and all this despair going on you just sort of look outside and yeah. you know it's a nice sunny day birds singing it's like okay it's... yeah exactly i mean for some it's been a blessing and some it's been a curse i mean obviously for c3 we we kind of started making demos and making a record so i think that was the the one thing that kind of kept us kept our sanity maybe i don't mm. know that we kind of had something to focus on and as it started to wheeze we got in a room and um but you know imagine not having that i think that that would have been a very different story for us um so it was a really nice important release that we found found that again i think but um so you you sort of started going back to kind of the old ways of work and would, would that be like you yeah definitely doing stuff on guitar sending it to johnny and uh, yeah i said exactly it. Yeah, yeah i just that's cool that's i kind was of laying it back. down with like drums and bass and just rough tracks and sending mm-hmm. it to johnny and we'd just work on it and then we'd get it to a, a certain point and then we'd um stick it on the whatsapp group it was all good and we just kept smashing them out one after the other that, that wasn't nice nice the original plan we were just going to start do getting one. into a flow yeah, but we got in a flow and Johnny was just living up in um, Kensington Gardens area in Lowestoft there. He'd do his vocals, but he'd have to put them on a CD um, okay, or yeah. a collection of CDs, maybe right. five or six CDs. And then I would drive there and he would drop them to me in the car. And then I'd come back and then try and <laughs> right. sync up six CDs. But it was kind of fun. It was kind of interesting. I never knew what I was going to get on them. So it was yeah, like, oh, it was and- exciting. Until I'd go, oh, I don't like this, Johnny. And he'd be like, yeah. And then he'd have to redo it and right, burn another yeah. six or seven CDs, you know. Okay. Um, and, yeah, we'd just send bits about and Liam would do bits and Liam was getting stuck in, like, he'd spend, like, a day or a weekend just working on his synth parts, which uh, will come very apparent when you when you hear the, the whole cool. record. Um, but it was, it was a productive time for us, just that positivity about just being creative or doing something or something. We'd suddenly had a vision to look forward to, to making mm. a record or, eventually getting into the room to do it which we'd started in like September or whenever it was but anyhow I mean yeah things are looking uh, good now they're looking they? better um, now things are sort of opening up and uh, fingers crossed yeah. yeah I had to have my first vaccine I sort of have my second soon and, yeah uh, yeah all the sort of festivals and that all yeah exactly all uh, all starting to emerge and yeah a lot of the bands I you know sort of follow you know that's sort of been heartbreaking seeing you know they've got a gig lined up and then it's like you know cancelled or yeah. postponed but yeah. yeah i think um yeah it looks like sort of next year i think things are gonna start i think um, so yeah yeah i think so. going a bit, a bit more back to normal swoosh time podcast time see-through style your friendship and musical inspiration to all of us in our band predates any of our real presence in the local scene it goes way back to even to you teaching me guitar in the early 90s to you (laughs) making demos for johnny and liam's band and for paul flatty and myself um and our band and the years of the tascam four track have you still got that Uh, i do yeah i've got two still got all the old cassettes (laughs) fucking amazing um uh, all of that combined makes you an important cog in the wheel of C327 really and incidentally the first time I ever went to the brewery 
um, and discovered the brewery and that whole experience was mm, to see yeah. your old band Tears of Ebony oh really in okay 97 98 maybe 98 98 and I guess that that was really the start of your story into that scene with Tears yeah. wasn't it what do you remember about those days and what was happening locally and what was inspiring you at the time yeah it was like all my sort of first experience with with a band yeah it was all very new and exciting and yeah. uh i was uh, i was very young i was about 16 or so so the, the, the sort of rest of the guys are a bit older than myself 18 and sort of seemed that much more grown up and wise and whatnot yeah um we, we um danny finch was sort of quite a key character in that was him who we we kind of formed to um he had like a goth um project yeah and uh yeah we were gonna gonna be his band basically and uh he got um he joined 13 candles who signed so he 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 went off and done that and the four of us like well okay yeah let's just carry on and um yeah we booked uh fuzzy finch's studio and yeah. sort of kind of go in there like uh sort of like uh many bands at, at the time yeah yeah kind of i've been as you say i've been sort of toying around with four tracks for for years and years yeah. so i had sort of ideas for songs kicking about and um yeah yeah it just all kind of sort of came together we kind of sort of found a sound which we were happy with and uh yeah started doing a, a few sort of little gigs really sort of danny finch would you know organize things for us to to do and gigs and that to play yeah ace do you remember the first time that you played at the brewery would it have been that show that i went to perhaps um probably was probably was yeah can't remember yeah, who I else for, played I it forget. might have been for candles he played that i can't remember yeah i know there's um midnight configuration they um no they, they played there right um yeah 13 candles i believe are there as well yeah um yeah, we were there. Our, our very first gig was at, at the Metro. Okay, yeah, down, I remember um, Commercial, Commercial Road. Road. Yeah, yeah. that nice. was weird. Um, I think it was right, kind of a yeah. key place in low stuff. Yeah, I kind of got that impression when um, when we started playing there. Some yeah, people would sort of talk about it as though um, you know it had sort of a sort of a bit of a history to it's it. Heritage, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same way, we'd sort of talk about Seabreeze or yeah. Brewery, Brewery or whatever. It was Shunters back then, wasn't it? Oh Seabury, God, remember? Yeah, yeah, I've kind of yeah. forgotten about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember people referring it to Shunners. Yeah, yeah, it was ace. Um, <laughs> so out of the ashes of Tears of Ebony came Dacrophilia, which many people may not know, um, and I'm very privileged to say I was an original <laughs> member of for a few shows. At Absolutely, least. yes. Um, although the premise was a little bit different back then, wasn't it? It was yeah. more about um, there was a lot of reworked pop songs and covers, and yeah. Um, but the foundations were in place, weren't they, mm-hmm. really? And yeah. what do you remember about those early Dacra days? And do you, do you remember the first show that we did? Vaguely. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was at Yoxford Village Hall. Uh, I think the first show was at Southwold Rugby Club. Oh, Jesus. I think it might, was it maybe, could it have been your 18th birthday? Yeah, we. I believe we did do something. Was Chris involved? Or... Can't remember. We had Henry Thomas for Henry, a while. Henry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Wheeler, Henry, yeah. myself, and you. Okay. At that show. Wow. Yeah, you got probably got much, much 
better memory than I have. Well, I just remember. Very hazy. <laughs> I remember Johnny Leach getting a blowjob in yep. the Southwell churchyard that night. Lovely. And it always freaked me out. I mean, very apt <laughs> at a Dakra show, I suppose. But um, yeah, that always kind of um, rears in his your head memory. that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Those early Dakra years, obviously quickly became the Dakra that most people would have known back in the day like quickly yeah, after probably that probably shifted sort of quite quick so yeah. like it started out I guess the, the original idea was kind of have like a sort of kind of floating kind of rotating lineup. Yeah, have sort of you know different um, friends help us out you know from, yeah. from gig, gig to gig um, that kind of slowly sort of solidified more into sort of me and Robin, yeah, Robin Lovegrove and and James Wheeler, yeah. Um, and then Wheeler left, so it was like just me and Robin, and yeah. that's kind of, we, yeah, it's me and Robin for maybe four or, or five years. That's it, yeah. That's sort of when we um sort of done the most of our gigs, and that's I guess sort of the lineup that that people remember most. Yeah, I love seeing all them sort of old flyers that you've been putting up on the Facebook yeah, that's, page. Yeah, that's been yeah, a lot of fun. I've had those sort of stashed away for ages. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've got, got a lot more, which yeah. I've kind of gradually put on. And I think one of the things that stood out to me about those was this, the way that Dacra kind of transcended these two different scenes at the time. Because obviously you had right. the Alton Broad scene, which was fairly new to us, like being from where we were in Raiden and, you know, basically kids about cars. And you had the old and broad scene going on with the bands and everything kind of happening there. And then on this weird little scene, but amazing, which was in the sort of Halesworth Village Hall scene. Oh, which my was God, going yeah. yeah. But if you look at them, you see, you know, Dakra at the brewery and they're at this Village Hall. and <laughs> But they were great gigs, weren't they? Like, oh, they were amazing. Those, um, yeah, Holton Village Hall and that's right. the Rumbra Village yeah. Hall, those were absolutely nuts little gigs. Yeah. Um, they're so bizarre. Um, you know, they're just like kind of these obscure little rural places. And, That's right. Um, yeah. You know, you don't expect anyone to show up, but they're just completely swamped by it, these yeah. young people. It's incredible, isn't it? For something yeah. to do and a chance to get a bit drunk. And yeah. So you had them two scenes kind of going on, and when see through kind of found its feet, I seem to remember them kind of scenes starting to merge. So you'd have people from them village halls now driving, okay, wanting to get fucked yeah. up. So they'd drive over to the brewery. Mm. But they were two sort of individual scenes, but it was just, as I said, it's just nice to see them two, or just nice to see them flyers with that, mm. you know, that girl on a club cat night here and then a village yeah. hall there. and So many that I sort of forget about. But yeah. Like, yeah, this random gig we done at this bizarre exactly. place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And at the time, it felt a bit, it did to me, it felt a bit, it felt great, but it was felt insignificant. Like there was more to being in a band than village halls and on broad. But in hindsight, looking back, it was a pretty special little scene, really, I think. Like we yeah, took for granted because if we had that now... Fun. Um, it'd be incredible, like just yeah. people going to gigs and yeah, it's, it's strange. I, I don't know how much of it is I'm out of touch with the scene or how Absolutely. much of it yeah, is yeah, that yeah. There, there isn't a yeah. scene. You know, I've not been gigging for so long. There could be 
all these really cool, amazing bands locally, be. which are maybe playing. There's nowhere, as you say, to play around here, no. but they might be, you know, playing Norwich or you yeah. know, further afield or or whatever. There's definitely there's definitely less happening now. Right. Okay. In our world of you know old age pension of rock, basically. <laughs> um, but um, dad rock. Dad rock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I don't think we're quite there yet, then, but we're obviously not far off. Um, what do you reckon your favourite ever local show that you've played is? Jeez, that's, yeah, that's difficult. They all kind of merge into one to yeah, some a few degree. People have I, said I don't that. know if yeah. that's the same for you. Yeah. Um, so I've done some good fun ones at the Seabreeze. Yeah. Um, people's birthday parties. So okay. it's been kind of... Straight know, in there with big hitters, Ben. Yeah. Birthday parties. <laughs> the best shows you've ever done are a birthday uh, party. Yeah, they're, um, yeah, just all your among friends. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's up for having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, definitely um, the shows we've done with with you at, at the brewery. Okay, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely um, some of my most favourite. So uh, yeah, you always pull a good crowd, and uh, everyone's just really up for it. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely those brewery ones yeah, as well. Do you remember <laughs> the first time you ever heard of See Through or listened to it or came across it? Yes. Do you? I I do, yeah. Um yeah, I, I remember I think it was yourself played me some stuff you were working on. I presume right. that stuff you were recording in, in the annex. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um I think yeah, it was on a CD, I think uh, it might have been Beautiful Sky. Mm. I seem to remember their one with Henry Thomas. Okay. Uh, yeah. Peace to the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, that was the the my first memories of see through and the first time of sort of hearing you guys. And, and what the, did you um, what do you think about it? It was pretty random com- I, I compared liked to it. everything else. Yeah, it, it seemed different. Um, yeah. Because obviously you guys had sort of been in Lemma and Johnny and in, in um, Hookworm. Yeah. Um, so it, it it sounded you know sort of different to what you'd done previously, but yeah, um, yeah I thought you had like a a, a good new interesting sound to, to cool. explore yeah 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 it was exciting hearing it oh wicked podcasting see through 27 a little bit like casting when you're birding but with less bacon and less fish hooks so like we said there used to be loads of venues in the area but what do you reckon your favourite venue around here was um I'd have to say brewery. Yeah. I think a lot of people have said that. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, it's, it, the, it's it, probably the right answer. Yeah, yeah, it very much felt like the the, the hub of yeah. uh, all the activity. Um it was a nice big venue and uh, yeah, just everyone would go down there. Yeah, you could have a, a lot of good bands there. Sort of kind of places like Seabreeze always felt sort of slightly more edgier and Yeah. Like the whole place is going to collapse because too many people are in there. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, the brewery, you know, that felt like a sort of a proper, nice little venue, and yeah, you get a good variety of bands. Community was there, wasn't yeah, it, really? yeah, very much so. Yes, you could kind of book it, do what you wanted with it, and then you had that that back bar as well. It almost felt like a separate <laughs> place. I love yeah, that. That was like another world. Almost, yeah, sort of, yeah. Goths or metalers like hanging yeah. out, getting stoned in the back bar, and we're just yeah. like, what on earth's going on? You know, it was, it was exciting, wasn't it? And yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, I think it, for me, it felt inspiring to to be to do cool stuff. Yeah, and it worries me that people don't got that, haven't got that round here anymore. You know. Yeah, it does make you wonder. Um, 
Yes, but like back then, I suppose, like, you know, we weren't all glued to mobile phones and all that sort of no, thing. Yeah. You know, it was very much like, oh, let's go out and, uh, you know, sort of see people and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, things have sort of changed a lot. They have. Culturally. I mean, I wish people did have mobile phones back then because then it would be much easier to compile some of the footage that I've been trying to do. <laughs> yeah, that, that does uh, bug me. It's a shame that um, there's not more videos of um, Absolutely. all those times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I but mean, but we maybe, live, we maybe they in, won't be as good if yeah, you watch we, them back. Yeah, probably better to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rose-tinted glasses or whatever Absolutely. they say. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do you what do you miss most about those glory days of the local scene, and what do you think caused the shift? And um, what do I miss? Hmm. Um, yeah, just uh, the fact that they're not really there at all. You know, right, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be nice to have more more local gigs. It seems like maybe I don't know if it all kind of coincided with our ages. You know, when when we were doing all our you know the gigs and that we were you know sort of teenagers and all hungry for it and then i think sort of maybe as we sort of hit our 20s and all that you know yeah maybe yeah more more responsibilities yeah maybe kicked in and suddenly bands and music maybe weren't sort of quite you know the sort of uh you know main focus you know yeah um and also that coincided with you know many of the venues that's it. Sort of gradually kind of closing as well so i think that was sort of a combination of maybe those two things yeah, Johnny Baker said that. I think it was Johnny Baker said that um, he thinks one of the main things around here was was the brewery closing mm. because, like you say, obviously we're getting older, but where are the sort the next, younger next people? generation? Yeah, yeah I do wonder where they all are without the without venues like like the brewery like, and like that us. kind of sense of community. I think that's mm. probably what I miss the most that that sense of community, like this group of. People just loved alternative music, and it was quite eclectic. Yeah. But you know, you go down there, and then you'd have a few beers. It was always the forex, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean, on the brewery, and then jump in a taxi or, or spiral and <laughs> bundling, bundling your car, get up spiral. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And continue oh, yeah. the fun. Yeah, yeah, just love that. Then all the bands would be up there. You know, you do a show and you pack down, load out as quick as possible, get up, get yeah. up, yeah. get somewhere get else. To, get know. to blue notes. Yeah, that's what I miss. That kind of vibe of that vibe, <laughs> really. I think you know, um, and I think the scene did continue a bit after that. I think um, you had other sort of smaller pub pubby venues kind of continuing, right, but yeah. that kind of community thing I think had kind of gone. I don't know. It just didn't feel the same after after that. Yeah. Um, which was a sh- which was a shame, and then obviously now there's there's nowhere. Yeah. Um, Unless you're a covers band, and then you can play all day long um, with a break in the middle. Mm, yeah, um, that's that's true. But yeah, I was wonder where all the sort of next generation of uh, kind of guitarists and musicians and songwriters are. You know, are exactly. They, are they in their bedroom somewhere, sort of? You know, doing stuff, or are they out there playing, or you know, or are they yeah. not, not so many? I've, exactly. I really, really don't know. So you might be right that we're just out of touch. Oh. Or it might be like Henry said in um, a couple of episodes mm-hmm. before. He said that because of the music that we were playing more, all them years ago was predominantly kind of rock guitar based. It's a lot mm. more visual to watch, and nowadays some of the music that the youngsters are doing is less about the performance and just more about the tracks. 
Um, right, yeah, yeah. So there's, that shift has obviously occurred as well. Yeah. So, you, so do you think maybe um, sort of your kind of bedroom musicians are more kind of the producer type? Yeah, uh, maybe, yeah. Sort of maybe just coming out with like electronic sort of exactly. uh, tunes, uh, more kind of DJ, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and um, we're say. just miss missing that, and you know, maybe bands <laughs> will come back around again, and then yeah, it kind of goes in circles, though. Definitely. And then the venues will be forced to go. Okay, let's open it up because we can make more money from all these youngsters coming in than we can from selling chicken in a basket. I don't know. <laughs> um, but on a positive note, though, um, see through just announced our comeback show on the seventeenth of December yes. at Low Football Club, and of course, the ace news is that after seventeen years. Dak is back, especially for the show. So tell us about that and the new incarnation of Dacrophilia and what people can expect from it and how it's felt for you. Uh, yeah, well, it's yeah, very, very exciting to be uh, yeah, be gigging again after this amount of time. Um, yeah. A little bit nerve-wracking as well. It's sort of a, yeah, that kind of, yeah, yeah, I've got, yeah, got that sort of fire in my belly again to Ace. get up there on stage and... Uh, make a bit of a racket for, for a little while and uh, yeah it's going to be fun so um, yeah it's going to be very much um, um, a, a new lineup of, of DAC um, so uh, I kind of got the core of, of the band there but it's uh, um, still been finalised so I'll be putting some stuff on Facebook um, to sort of uh, you know kind of explain yeah. more about the lineup. what have we got um, though like what have we got what, what's the difference so Rob, Robin's not Robin's not part of it did chat with him about it, but um, yeah, yeah, it looks like he won't be doing it, unfortunately, which is a shame. Yeah, but um, have been working with uh, some new musicians yeah. sort of prior to the lockdown and all that. Right, so there's <laughs> going to be a drummer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a big deal for Zagrafilia, um, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I kind of always wanted to kind of go down that route, um, but um, it's still without sort of going into the sort of techie details. It's still kind of keeping the true dacrophilia sounds yeah and i guess um i suppose like whilst i've maybe not sort of been very prolific and come up with many new tunes like the the old tunes have kind of evolved and great um, yeah kind of um yeah kind of had like new little bits here and there and yeah sort of so yeah you'll hear sort of a lot of the old songs but you know some of them might be slightly reworked or have slightly new little bits here and there yeah that's ace so yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> have you have you started rehearsing at all? Not yet. Right, no, okay. we'll we'll be um, in the coming weeks. So okay. um, yeah, got got some friends helping us with like all the techie yeah. side. So I'm going to be sort of running it through with them, and then we're going to um, start setting up a little rehearsal space um, yeah. um, in my friend's attic. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get rehearsing. Yeah. Oh, that sounds ace. So no 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 new music. No, I've not really written a huge amount. If You've I'm, only had if seventeen really years, Ben. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I did write one um, about like a year or so ago, but yeah. it, it's it's too dark really to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it would be a yeah, it'd kill kill the mood. So uh, yeah, we'll stick with the old classics. I think. How how old are you going to go with them? Are you going to go all the way back to the start of Dacra or? Um, well, yeah, I mean, we'll probably play a couple of sort of Tears of Ebony 
ones, yeah. I think. That'd be ace. Because, uh, yeah, it's old school. It's got that old school vibe, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. sort of show. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we'll play um, sort of kind of what I feel of like my favourite Dakra songs. The best of Dakra. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Oh, I can't wait. Um, how has it felt for you to kind of put yourself back in that frame of mind of, of being in a band again? Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah, I've, I've missed it. You know, that's sort of sort of in the back of your mind, you know, you'd always sort of like to do it again, but yeah, yeah, sort of having the, uh, the stage and the people there and all those things in place and, uh, yeah, to get, uh, yeah, when, uh, when I got the message from you about it, sort of putting it forward, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I want to be involved in that. Yeah, wicked. Exciting. I mean, yeah, when, when we good. were, um, when we started to put the idea of the show together and we were looking at who can we get to play, we had a list we had a list of bands I mean I say it was a list it was <laughs> it was a it was one hand's worth if that um, of bands that could be an option and um, we had Dakra was on everyone's list and it's like <laughs> okay well a see-through show is probably see-through and Dakra so let's just go there that is old school yeah I mean, we, we yeah. did play together a lot yeah, yeah, especially, yeah especially at the brewery yeah cool. brewery and going out and just yeah. meeting up and that Christmas vibe yeah I just think it was important to kind of recreate that and bring everyone together in an event that mm. you know all the usual faces you know that'd be great to see the old faces again that's what I mean yeah, yeah. so yeah, that, that was awesome that was the plan behind it and yep. so yeah there was only really after we went around the houses only one band that could do that with us which is which was Dakra so We've obviously got Matthew P. Okay, yeah. Um, so after he got dropped from Universal, uh, he kind of got bored of it all pretty quick. And yeah. so he went and did his own thing. And I spoke to Matt and he's going to knock out a couple of Cherry Wax tunes as well. Oh, so. that'd be nice. Yeah, I think and Henry, yeah. I think Henry's going to join in for, for one or two. Oh, so. That's, yeah, that's so that's really kind cool. of a big deal for us. Probably not yeah. for so many other people who don't know who Cherry Wax are, but obviously they've been banged on about in the podcast quite a lot. Um, and pretty important band for... For anyone who knows them, for us, like they were, you know, they were the real deal, and we were like kids. Like it's like, how are they so good? Like, they they were great, weren't they? They they, <laughs> so they did seem um, sort of so much more kind of polished and yeah. professional than the yeah sort of kind of what you know what well, everyone else was doing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, really stoked to have Matt Matt on the lineup and Chris Chris Brown. I mean, most people listening to the podcast will know who Chris Brown is, and. Uh, He's been a, in numerous bands, but uh, he was in Jakari, and Jakari were the kind of hip hop rock band that filled the gap when Seafrew kind mm. of disbanded, and okay. we never got to play together. So they were always like really, to really a band that I wanted to get back. Um, yeah. I just couldn't get them to work. Um, they would have been great to to have done a show with Chris Brown as the kind of next next best thing. Of awesome, that. but Chris does do a fantastic. Um, cover of For a Lifetime by Seafree. Oh, well, good. <laughs> so um, that sheer fact alone meant he was on the bill. Um, and he also said he wouldn't charge anything, so he's definitely in. Um, and awesome. he, he's a great dude. Throw down your army, get yourself comfy, and listen to a little bit of see-through on podcast. Oh, yeah. So this show in December obviously celebrates 20 years of see-through 27. And I don't think any of us ever thought that we'd be back writing and recording and looking at doing a show again. Yet, 
yet people still seemed hyped about the band and the show. Mm. And what do you think it is about see-through that connected with people back in the day and why has it stood the test of time? Um, I, I just think they're just great songs, aren't they? Right. Um, it's all about the songs. Isn't yeah. It? If, uh, yeah, if people remember your tunes, you know, you're on, on to a winner. Um, yeah, just got just classic songs that I think people want to come back and hear, you know. Yeah. Always great, great shows and, uh, yeah, good fun evenings. Oh, that's good to hear. I, I always wondered, like, is it's hard to judge your own music in context do you know what I mean um, you know you, you you spend a long time writing it and working on it but at the same time you're like mm, it doesn't sound as good as all these other bands or whatever but other people hear your music differently to, to the way that you hear I, it I think um, you guys are very unique as well okay yeah um, which I think you have going for you so many bands are all sort of sound very similar so yeah. I think yeah having a sort of distinctive sound definitely yeah yeah, people sort of come back and, and hear you time and time again. Yeah, hey, thanks. I think, I mean, it worked against us at the time. So we, I mean, going back to 2005, we spent a lot of time trying to not be so unique. Um, just to try and have some legs to do something mm. within the industry. Yeah. And well, the industry is, acts quite strange in yeah. that regard, doesn't it? And obviously They're we like did pigeonholed. Yeah, exactly. Plans, like, and we wouldn't, yeah. we couldn't pigeonhole enough. So... But then looking back and like what you just said, I mean, I'm glad we kind of didn't really. Um, although maybe I'd have a bigger house and a better car. <laughs> but I mean, that. fuck it. <laughs> um, fuck the man. Fuck the man. We did what we wanted and um, and failed. So maybe <laughs> we should have not done that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like record labels from their perspective, they just want... Um, Something which they know who to sort of uh, you know kind of promote yeah, to. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Whereas if you're kind of you know sort of including several genres in your sound, that, that sort of becomes a bit more fuzzy. They don't know who to well who, who to try and sell the music to. Get it? Yeah. You know, I mean, ideally, was... you want to sort of sell it to both. You yeah. Know, and you know you've got a, kind of more of a potential following. A hundred percent. I mean, there was a point in in early C three songs where there's probably seven or eight, nine genres in one song yeah um, I mean that's got to be problematic right there so who knows but um, <laughs> I think it took a while for C3 to find its sound and he had like a couple of records and then he kind of found this formula that that kind of worked so so um, your new material how does that kind of compare to sort of my comparison to like the old C3 is that in the sort of same vein or is it kind that's of a great take, question is it, is it ben. I mean the, don't forget whose podcast new... this is but um <laughs> Uh, no, um, no, great question. Uh, I would say it is classic see-through, but played with maturity mm -hmm. 20 years later. It combines elements from music that's happened in the last 20 years. Yeah, um, yeah. I've found that with the sort of the DAC reworkings, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so I mean, you've got stuff that we wouldn't have thought about doing, um, and tech has enabled us to do some extra things that mm. we wouldn't have thought about doing as well absolutely yeah um it's just more thoughtful cool. I mean, definitely what, more thoughtful what what you um the short bit you played to me a little while ago yeah uh, yeah it sounded anthemic that one is yeah that's <laughs> so that's the weirdest one really i mean 
that's that was I'm a pirate baby and in the episode before this one um, I spoke to Johnny and Lee and we went through all the tracks um, just kind of getting a bit of scope into the meaning of what each track meant to them and what the kind of they're about and stuff and him said when he heard that that riff that kind of football chant thing mm. that um, he didn't know what the hell to make of that whether he liked it or not he wasn't sure <laughs> he's like is this like some weird pop I just right. don't uh, and it is a bit silly but at the same time when it was written like like I mentioned in the podcast before it was written with me on, on a bike ride on a audio message to yeah. play just going whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. record that and send it to me yeah which he did and i wrote a song around it and i have no idea where it's come from someone will know it's crazy where those sort of flashes of inspiration just come from i'm not a genius it's, so i've definitely it's... nicked it but who knows where <laughs> from i just have no idea it but could be an amalgamation of uh to be honest it's pretty obvious, different isn't it? things, it's quite an it? obvious line it's it just Football. I think it was a football thing. I don't know, but um, That's a lot of the best songs you hear have that kind of they sound familiar, but they've you think well that's kind of obvious, but yeah. but it's you know it's the first time that that has been done. Yeah, maybe you know, so. he might find that. I have no idea. That, that, that's what I like about pop music. We're a hip hop band, so we can sample whatever we want. That's how we get away <laughs> with it. Um, so finally, as we mentioned earlier, when Dacra first started. There was a lot of reworked cover tunes. But if you had to do a cover or a reworking of a see-through song, what would that be? Mm, that's an interesting question. In a minor key, I'm sort of thinking of your... Sort of a lyrical force kind of Ooh, comes to mind. Okay, so yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got that kind of minor or... Um, what's that, the, the one, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth? Two for a tooth. Yeah. yeah, that's got that kind of kind of minor sort of riff, which uh not impartial to. Okay. <laughs> would you, which one would you go for? Um two for a tooth, I think. Okay. Ace. Yeah. And I'm putting it to you now. Do you wanna can you do that at the show? Jesus. Um, I'll have I'll listen through it and uh, see. No, Ben, you need to commit. You need to commit. <laughs> I mean, Come I on. could I could manage the chorus. Yeah, but um, yeah, the verses are like. Ooh, so I let's get. Know. So we how, can... how fast is Johnny on that one? Like, yeah, but you can you can do whatever you want with it. I can slow it down. You can do whatever you want with it. Is that a yes? Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. That'll okay. be ace, Ben. <laughs> how many lyrics has it got? Oh, all of them. Oh, um, no. But you can do whatever you want with it. Okay. Chorus. Right. Rework it into a little song. Okie dokie. Add it onto a song. Right. Why okay. you like, why don't you crowbar it that's into a, a that's song? A, that's a challenge you've set down. Yeah, I yeah, like it. I, I yeah. like it. Good. So we can, we can, <laughs> so people can expect to hear a smidge of tooth for a tooth, Dacra yeah. style. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's do it. Yeah. Fuck, that's made cool. my day. You wait till the boys hear this. I love that man. Ah, oh, thanks, Ben. And I know cool. I speak for everyone in the band when I say we can't wait to watch Dacra play at cool. that show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys play. That's going to be it's, ace. It's uh, going to be a good night. Cheers, Ben. We're out. Cool. See ya. Cheers, dude.